You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. the going to probably have a lot of coughing podcast today just kidding still got COVID cough um I am your host Erica Lance do not forget because you're listening or watching right now like and subscribe that tells us that you really like us and not really us so much as the algorithms out there that go does somebody really like them and we needed to say yes so please like and subscribe our um sponsor today is Skunk Brothers Spirits the coupon code is DWA10 um, if you get a chance, guys, go to their website because they have some amazing holiday. It's getting chillier out there for some people, drinks, and they didn't ask me to say that. I just happened to be on there the other day and decided I'd try to make a couple of them. I was drinking at the time. Didn't go well, but there are some brilliant recipes on there, so check them out. And if you want to be on the show or have an author you want us to find, email us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com. We'd love to have you. With that, I got my spiel out of the way, and I am not drinking yet, so I remembered it. Go team. Um, my co-host today is the amazing, has a cough along with me, trying to be twinsies, Danielle Orsino. Woo! Welcome. welcome. And our guest, for the first time ever on Drinking <laughs> with Authors, we have a voiceover person. They also have their own podcast, but we're going to talk so mm-hmm. much about this. Maccabee Griffin, woo! Welcome. Hello, you beautiful people. Hello. Yay. Yeah, and people are going to be like, is something wrong with my. It did, look, they're going to be <laughs> looking at their faces. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just the gas. He's just all over the place. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I love it. You're amazing. Okay, we got to talk about what we're drinking so people can yeah. drink along. Um, I am drinking, I found. As you guys know, I like to find things in the back of my fridge. (laughs) This is like hashtag life goals. I do. I have a drawer full of different drinks and I forget things are in there. And then I'm like, oh, so I found Flat Rock um, Cider Company, which is here in North Carolina, Cherry Poppins. Yes. And they put the funniest stories um, uh, on the sides of their cans, but they have one called Ice Spice Baby, which (laughs) their entire story. I need that the lyrics to that I just song. need to have that on my shelf just because yep. of that alone. just because it of is, that I'll tell you exactly. Ice Spice Baby is probably one of my favorite ciders that's go. ever existed because it's got cranberry and cinnamon in it but it's not too sweet so oh, anyway good. but Cherry Poppins is cherry anyway this is go Flat Rock you should sponsor us okay anyway yep. um Danielle what are you drinking to help with your cough today I, I do not have my usual barefoot wine in my goblet I just have in my witch's cup, my, my Disney witch's cup, yeah, mm. um, I have my chai spice latte. It's in my Wicked. It says, um, I'm feeling a bit wicked, and it's the witch from Snow White. I have a bunch of these Disney cups. I got them, like, a really long time ago. I have the whole collection, and it's, like, all the Disney villains. You know, they're that. all, like, their mood. So that's what I'm drinking today. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I have to tell a funny story, and then we're going to get to what Maccabee is drinking, but um, I'm not allowed to bring coffee cups into my house anymore unless one exits. <laughs> like, that is the rule. Unfortunately, at this point in time, coffee cups, if one comes in, one has to leave because it yeah. got to the point where there were so many coffee cups and cabinets, and I, had I to remember do, yeah. my boyfriend brought it out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that company. He's like, it's been in there a year. You haven't touched it. So yeah, I had to make that. I had to clean out a bunch too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, you have two shelves. That's what you can have. He's not mean, but I I would have just like an entire kitchen of coffee cups if it was up to Mm -hmm. me. Becca, what are you drinking along with us? Well, my dear, I have the great Boggs Red Vanilla Cherry Root Beer, as well as... I'm a double today, as my coffee as well. It's just regular coffee. Regular coffee. You're still fancy. <laughs> I also have just to be super fancy. 
I, I am double fisting with liquid I've death. Seen, I see that everywhere. How, it, I, I actually, I'll tell you, as much as I thought it was a gimmick at first, because there's a lot of celebrities that created this yeah. liquid death label, yeah. and my son is really into it. But the truth is, they created this because using cans is better than plastic bottles for the environment. Mm -hmm. This is much mm -hmm. more recyclable. You can go down an entire path here, but like China's mm -hmm. not buying our recycling anymore. So a lot of what you recycle, cities just throw in dumps and you don't realize it because they have the blue bins, but it all goes to the same place. But they donate 10% um, of their profits from every sand, uh, can to kill plastic uh, pollution. So if you need transportable water, you can have your normal one, which I normally have, but Liquid Death is really good and it tastes really good. And they have the funniest commercials in the entire universe, honestly. They are ridiculous. You know what would make that can a lot better? Hmm. If it actually had a lid on it, like Monster has. You should reach out to them and let them know. I'm, they actually respond to feedback. There was a really funny story of a kid who brought this to school and got in trouble and got a note because they said that your child can't bring beer to school. <laughs> and I was like, it literally says mountain water. If you're a yeah, teacher, exactly. um, how freaking dumb can you be? Okay. Cause it just, it makes you look stupid. Cause of course somebody's going to post the letter on the internet that they got from the school going, Hey, the school in blah, blah, this area <laughs> sent me an email about my kid not bringing it to school. Anyway, so ridiculous. Okay. Becca, you are a voice person. Let's, how the hell did you get into doing that? Well, um, I've been doing voices for a very long time, uh, mostly just in my head, but. Um, <clears throat> like all of us. Like all of us, you know. <laughs> You know, the great thing about having voices in your head is that when you're really angry and you just want to scream, you can literally just not do it physically. You just do it in your head all day long mm -hmm. if you wanted to. And you're never going to run out of breath. So, you know, it may give you a headache after a while, but no, that's okay. Um, that's okay. You know, it's better than having all those other voices in your head actually talking at the same time. That's why I have um, uh, representatives for each variant um i like that you called them variants uh, oh sweet. yeah, yeah I, I appreciate so that variants. good yeah. call out good call out we appreciate <laughs> it yep. yep um no i i actually grew up in the theater and uh after i went to school 9 11 hap happened and um, <laughs> obviously things changed around did the military thing for about nine and a half years got back out and uh it just dropped in my lap pretty much. I fell in love with Dungeons and Dragons. I'd known about it since I was a kid, but never really did it. And then I found these nerdy voice actors that just sat around, rolled dice and played Dungeons and Dragons. And, you know, just made sense. You know, I always had a tendency of not, you know, looking the part. So as long as I can do a voice and it's nice for people, then, you know, why not? So I just got into it found out I, who the coaches were and went from there. I love that because as a publisher, I work with narrators all the time, right? And mm -hmm. so you get these audio submissions. So I'm all about publicizing our narrators, right? So we get these audio submissions and, and they're like, some of our books are, you know, high fantasy, some are fun, children's books, but we do have some erotica books under our label. So you get these voices. The spicy like, ones? Yeah. The spicy like, oh, ones. Hello. The spicy ones, spicy ones. And then you get the pictures that go with the voice and you're like, that is not what I thought that would look like in my head. That's <laughs> like, but I don't think that's bad because I think, you know, um, people being, you know, book cover judging, I think some of the most talented people out there don't fit And This is my whole entire publishing, blah, blah, blah. You can get me on a whole train of, you have. Uh -oh. Oh no, she froze on us. She could get on a whole train of it, is what she was gonna say, because I know Erica. So let's just back up a sec. I know where she was going with this. She could get on a whole rant about that because she loves doing that. So yeah, Erica and Erica's a D and D fan. So somehow she was gonna tie the whole thing together if I know Erica at all. So that's where I'm thinking she was going with it. Granted. Maybe I don't know, but that's where I think it was going. So I'm just going to take the whole interview over from here and just, you know, <laughs> hey, she'll come back when she comes back and it's all good. 
Here's my question for you though. Is there a specific character you like doing or a genre that you prefer? Ooh. Um, in regards to, um, in, in regards to the genres, I love honestly doing nonfiction more than anything else because for me, it is easier to do in terms of the way that I actually do speak. Um, a lot of times when I'm reading something out for somebody, it's more in a conversational slash teaching format. And mm -hmm. it just, it makes sense for the way that my voice works sometimes, but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that I don't love doing uh, fantasy as well, because it's so fun just to try to figure out how you can actually set something up uh, in terms of character voices or the personalities. Um, and then of course, true crime is always a favorite too. I love murder mysteries, the whodunits. Ooh. Um, my favorite voice, I think honestly, my favorite voice is always going to be um, either a character I play, I, I created a long time ago, his name is a Lamont, he's a little gremlin that I created for my kids. And uh, he's, he's very much, um, how can I put this? He's very much the motherly type to a villain but yet he is very minion-like in terms of lack of intelligence, but he has a heart of gold. He just doesn't know how to really present it properly. So for <laughs> Lamont, Lamont is, Lamont is more like, well, it's a little bit like this, but it's a lot of fun to do. And it's a lot, <laughs> it's really great. Um, and then of course, you know, there's always the, the joy of uh, Drill Sergeant uh, Rockwell, which is a character I created a while back um, because of uh, military. Obviously I have friends that are, we're drill sergeants in the army and you, you hear it all the time in the Marine Corps where they're just like, there's no voice left and they just sound yes. like a frog. Mm -hmm. But uh, for me, it's really interesting to do it like that. It's so fun, but it's really, really good. I get a lot of anger out of that. So, yeah. Yeah, I would say that that yeah, that works. When you yeah. when you're when you are doing voices for fantasy or you are reading a fantasy book, do you prefer a first person POV or do you like when somebody presents you with that omniscient point of view so you're always doing different voices or different characters or do you do you like that one point of view so you can just hone in? and kind of create that one, that voice and really narrow it down and kind of master it. I kind of like the first person, honestly, the easy, because one, it's a lot easier to do, um, mm -hmm. but I am never too far away from at least trying to create other character voices specifically to the personalities. So the way that I look at it, as long as I understand what their personalities are and how they're, you know, the tone that the author wants and just the way that they present themselves either physically or mentally, it makes it easier. It's an easier process for me to come up with the voices a lot, you know, a lot easier that way. So sometimes it works better. Sometimes it doesn't, but you know, you get what you get and you do what you can do. Okay. I'm back. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, you're back. And internet, internet in the mountains is so much fun. It's so much fun. Um, I learn new things every day. Um, I had a question though about how you decided to start. So a lot of people I hear go, I want to do narration, but how did you actually start getting into narrating books? So for me, it's something that I've tried to I don't like going like the audition style like everybody else does um, just because you're one in a million um, voices. And the other fact is, is that I remember in my first year that I was doing this, I did like over a thousand auditions, either for commercials, TV, audio books, anything and everything. And I got like 10 projects and seven of them were for free. So I had to take them just because I needed to build up my portfolio. So over the years, the three year, three and a half years I've been doing this, I've been able to at least um, 
get a little bit smarter instead of working harder to go directly after these online casting companies and stuff like that. So for me, I always go now directly to the publishers or to the authors themselves because they're going to tell me whether or not it's going to be worth doing or not, especially if I like the book, like, you know, Birth of the Fae, but um, plug, plug. It, it, plug, 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 you know, shameless plug. Um, We're all about shameless self-promotion. Well done. Well done. Um, I pick up real easily. Um, for me, it really is just like, especially if you already know the book, you know what the characters are going to be like. And especially if you've, you know, talk to the author themselves and you've built up this re beneficial relationship with them it makes it a lot easier to go to them and say hey i know we've been talking for a while and we've you know chatted on and off about stuff you know i've presented you with some thoughts and everything you've presented with me with some thoughts here's another thought i know that you don't have an audiobook yet but I wanted to at least put my voice into the hat for you to just at least listen to. And if you feel like it's a fit for your story, then I would love to talk to you about it more. Otherwise, I know that I can at least introduce you to a variety of voiceover actors that I know of that can work well with you, male and female. So when you come to them and know that you're providing a service to help them, not yourself, but them, then it makes it a lot easier for them to at least consider the idea. I think that's interesting. So what was it like when you did those thousand auditions, which I think a lot of people can relate. It's kind of like getting, um, you know, rejection. Jury letters out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But what, what, when you first started doing it, what is some stuff that kind of surprised you? Like that you did, I, you know, because I have people that go, I want to be a narrator. And I'm like, okay, huh. it's not your voice. <laughs> it's what it takes to record an eight hour book and not heavy breathing. And so what are some things that people may not realize about narrating? Oh, sweet baby Jesus. So many things. Um, obviously the work that goes into it you know you may be listening to you know something that's three and a half hours four hours but in reality you know it takes about 25 hours 26 hours minimum just to produce it so not only because especially if you're someone like me who's uh doing the recording editing and reading at the same time or at least one after the other it takes a lot of hours just to do that and obviously, if you've got a real great take of a specific uh, line that you really like or the chapter, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a big old noise in the background, i.e. kids, uh, you know, uh, outside mowing, anything like that, um, then you have to start all over again. Because unless you can really get rid of that background noise, then... Sorry, it's going to be another take, which adds more time onto it. And I think that, <laughs> I, I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people don't realize for narrators, it's, you know, you get, I'm sure you get better and better at being able to sit down and just go through. Mm -hmm. But the first time you'll record a paragraph and you're like, do I sound like that? Like the, the breathing yeah. and the like, you're like, what is Explosive. that? The plosives are so horrible. They're just like, they will come up with you. That's why for me, it's always great to know techniques that are going to help you and provide you the means to not have to redo certain things over and over again. For instance, being at least six to 10 inches away from the mic, or as I like to have, and I'll move my mic just a little bit so you guys can see, I have a shield over my mic, which gets rid of all the background noises. So having things like that helps and it gives a, a the ability to not have to work as long on the editing. Um, breathing techniques, either if you're standing or sitting, knowing when to take the, um, the pressure off your diaphragm, 
helps out a lot because then you can actually breathe more. Exercising actually helps um, because again, you are the instrument. Your voice is the your instrument. body is it. Your body yeah. is the instrument, uh, especially because when it comes to voiceover, it's really it's a lot. It's actually more physical than a lot of people think especially if you're in a scene that is very emotionally driven you're going to be mentally and emotionally just shot by the end of the day your throat is going to be done so knowing that there's certain remedies out there that are good for your throat like uh pipa koi uh is a it's a chinese yeah it's a chinese uh herbal uh syrup like if I have a really bad, like really harsh day of screaming or I'm talking a lot that day, I can drink some of the, or take some of that next day. My throat's fine compared wow. to like, oh, God, now my throat's going to be done for the next like five days. So I, I want to ask a question about um, we're going to go into the Dungeons Dragons nerd dumb. Yes. Oh, I knew you were heading there. No, I, I, I am. I'm going to get there after the break. I feel like we're not going to get a break in between after I start going down that path, but mm -hmm. I want to talk about um, the coming up with the characters and the voices and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. I've always wondered this because, you know, I, I love listening to audiobooks. We create audiobooks, um, but how do you do, because some of them are first person POV where you're, you're doing you know, obviously the other person's interpretation uh, and you're not really changing your voice much, but when you right. do the third person POV where it's different characters saying different things, I've always been curious, do you just do those in a row or do you record like Sandra's lines and then put them into the rest of the thing? Cause you maybe are in a little voice like that. This is terrible. I'm not a voiceover actor, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You're into a voice yeah. that maybe, <laughs> Going from that down to where you're really deep voices. I just got to know, do you do it consistent? Do you do it in pieces? Do, tell me the secret, I must know the things. Well, some days it, it depends on how long. Like if it's a, a long scene, then I may break it up because I'm going to have to switch personalities so quickly. It's going to suck. Um, but if it's like a shorter scene that I can do it, one after the other it's too easy um it, it it makes it a lot easier though when you understand and you uh, understand what you're reading and what you're being provided and actually being able to communicate properly and uh a lot of, over time with the author you know when you can schedule times with mm. the author at least once a week, twice a week, however much you guys feel like you need to talk, having that, those conversations and figuring out, is this the right tone for this character? Am I hitting the personalities right? Am I doing the physical motions properly to even inflect the right um, feeling to these characters at that in these specific scenes? And when you can actually be in those conversations it makes it a lot easier to figure out how to deal with it i gotta ask a question on that erica if that's no okay. go ahead because i have one more and then we're going to take our break so you go for it okay because maccabee's red part of birth of the fey i change from jarvok to aurora a lot would mm. you when you have books like that where it's maybe a male pov for a chapter then it goes to a female pov is that when you might ask another uh, voiceover actor, actress to jump in? And is that where you might split it up when you have a book where the POV changes from male to female? Would you possibly pull somebody in and say, you know what, because it's a full chapter of this female and then a full chapter of a male, is that when you maybe would pull in another um, voice actor to say, why don't we do this together? Because that would suit the book better and it would change it would keep you from having to drop your voice and, and make it high and you know keep going back and forth is that kind of a situation where you might pull in a second actor i would recommend it um, okay. specifically because we want to one make sure that we're hitting the right diversity and the uh creative um capabilities of multiple actors so 
taking something like Birth of the Fae and literally almost thinking of it as a um, as a an audio drama makes it a lot better, especially for someone who is hearing it for the first time. Now I understand it may you may think of it as you know um, budget wise like exceedingly like what are those bad ideas unless you get like three four tens at ten grand depending on who you bring in and how much they're gonna have to to, um, to record. If it's not within your budget, then some people can do it, especially women, because they can actually go, especially if there's children involved, they can do their regular voice. And then when they lower the tone, it sounds like a young boy, if they have the capability of doing so. Um, so for those people that can do that, yeah, you can do it easily like that. And for me personally, I would go one, like, again, like you said, the first chapter is more of like, or the pro calls like Lucifer, then we go into Z and then all these others. Mm -hmm. And to me, if I was a part of the project, if I was even planning the project for the author, I would say go multiple actors because mm -hmm. one, it's less for them to worry about and two, you're going to get. Oh, stop it! I'm sorry. Are we done? Is that the alarm? I was just going to say. Is that <laughs> the alarm? Time That's the alarm. Excuse me while Check I throw me. this out. Anyways, <laughs> I had it on silent too. I'm sorry. Um, Lies but, and slander. Lies and slander. I actually no, I actually did. It just alarm. Anyways, I forgot the alarm. Um, I noticed that a lot of people really enjoy those audiobooks that almost feel like it's an audio drama because I think the audio really dramas nice. are amazing it's it's yes. for it's where the budget is for the author yes. or the publication Absolutely. company because like I was talking the other day to somebody about the Sandman audio drama I think they've done brilliant with the show and I think mm -hmm. a lot of people oh, yeah. were like what and I'm like it literally follows I like the show I like the show I actually like the audio drama that was on Audible, right? Mm -hmm. But the cast of that audio drama, I'm like, you're talking about millions of dollars in an audio drama. Oh. Well, you yeah, the big names too. That's but what I'm talking easier. about. Like the yeah. people that they had, I'm like, everyone would love their book to be done like that. Yes, but mm -hmm. I would like to, even if you get um, a group of narrators <laughs> that has different parts and you're doing the sounds and all this stuff, I'm like, um, that is, that is a high budget ticket item. You're talking tens of thousands of dollars probably yeah. to do that. So finding mm -hmm. sometimes one or two narrators, we've recorded a lot of narrators, um, a lot of books where it is two POVs. So we find yeah. either a male and female that happen to know each other and work well together, or we find a female and a male and go, here are your chapters, here are your chapters, give mm -hmm. us those files and you record the intro and you record the exit and call it a day, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, and honestly, that works a lot better to a lot of people. And here's the great thing. If you take it and you consider it to be like a audio drama, the fact that you're going to get a lot more people interested in it, even for those that have, you know, a little bit of experience with it, or at least have some theater experience, it makes it a lot easier. And honestly, you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to do it for a lower cost because of what it's going to become. Because I'm telling you right now, the more, the more that people are looking at these uh, books as like audio, um, audio dramas, the more they're going to be interested in actually getting it. Because I'm telling you right now, with audio books skyrocketing right now, they're going to be like the publishing world as of like, I think last year, I think September of last year, they did a, uh, did some research uh, from the general population. And I think they forecasted like in 20, by 2025, it's going to, the publishing world's going to be making like 40, like, what was it? 20.4 million billion dollars, no, 24.4 billion dollars alone and it, like 10 percent of that is just audiobooks yeah you're audio talking about it moving yeah to dramatic uh, podcasts 
reading oh, now. That's like the new thing to do. Yes. And yeah, having that with a publishing company makes it a lot easier for publishers to say, hey, I've not only got the books here, we've got audio books and we have the audio dramas. So if you want something single, great, no problem. We yeah, have a podcast, a podcast. specifically Dramatic for that. Podcast. Yeah, that's and then we have the audio the drama. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I, I was just reading an article about that. I was listening to, I think Kerry Washington is part of a new podcast where they're releasing a book like that each week is a new chapter mm -hmm. of the book as a dramatic podcast reading. Yep. And that's what they're doing is releasing each week as a chapter of the book. And yep. it's and here's, a, a couple people. And here's the other thing, <laughs> you're giving more actors a chance to actually do something and get paid for doing it. So- And a lot of the voice actors were saying they would actually do a pay cut to be a part of it because they oh, feel yes. it's a cutting edge and it's the next, it's kind of where podcasting was this mm -hmm. is the next level in audiobooks, or that's what they're saying right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree completely 100% on that. In fact, sorry, I Erica, say, we took a tangent. <laughs> no, it's a, that is what this show is fucking all about. Is there you go. Hence the reason it is not scripted, because if we had a script, we'd have to start by tearing it up and throwing it away and then continuing. Lighting it on fire. Take time out of the fucking podcast. So, <laughs> you know, take some donut, donut, uh, dynamite to it, you'll be fine. <coughs> that is my theory on life on most things to be honest mm -hmm. so okay but we are going to take a break real quick because we're going to talk about nerd shit and when we come back so we will be right back with drinking with authors check out the modern musicology podcast where each week we talk about things like what makes a great drummer our favorite rock documentaries songs we love by artists we don't love our favorite concert memories songs that should have been singles and all of our favorite music from the 60s 70s 80s 90s and now do not use modern musicology if you're allergic to it. Modern musicology may produce itching, dizziness, vertigo, temporary blindness, or heart palpitations. Do not taunt modern musicology. Ask your doctor about switching to modern musicology. Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrotherspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunked. So we're back and um, we're all of us are back, including myself are still here. So go team. Um, Let's talk about nerd stuff because you, so you did not play Dungeons and Dragons because you're wearing a, a Dungeon Master shirt, correct? Yeah. Yes. So, um, which is awesome. Mine says uh, all of the things, um, all of my favorite things are either fictional or fattening. So. I need that shirt. I got a black canary shirt. I see you. Ooh, you, nice. you always represent the nerd dumb too. I, I yeah. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. She, she had a, cosplay on when i was interviewing her on my on my podcast beyond the oh she cosplays Damn quite a bit straight. oh i know i know Damn straight. oh i've got i'll show you i'll show you another i got tons of these things um one of my other favorite shirts is uh one that has an older design on it oh my gosh Ooh. that is so old school i know i love it wow yeah. No, so I played Dungeons and Dragons back when it was a box set initially, and you of colored course. in the dice. I say that lots of people don't understand, but you had to use crayons, color in the numbers so you could fucking read yeah, them. Yep. So when did you begin, my friend? I actually began six years ago. Oh, so like fifth 
Fifth edition? Fifth edition, yes. What? Okay. It doesn't mean I don't know anything about fourth edition or third edition, or no, 2.5, excuse me. I was going to say, you got to go back yeah. to 2.5. 2.5 yeah. is a winner. 2.5 is... D&D where you could parry the fireball with the actual mm -hmm. mage you picked it up because the rules were not written well. That was yeah. a fun time. Um, so you started getting into, how did you get into dungeons? How'd you go down this nerd path, my friend? So you're in the military, you come out and you're like, you know what I want to do? I want to be an epic nerd. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, sweetie, I've been an epic nerd since I was freaking six. It's, it's there's nothing there. Okay. Um, I actually got introduced to uh, Critical Role, obviously the big one, uh, Critical Role back uh, prior to it actually being big. I was one of the original uh, critters. Um, I got introduced to it uh, from a friend, a coworker, uh, when I, after I got out of, uh, excuse me, after I dropped out of college again, um, the, I went to work at a naval base and I was doing logistics and we didn't have a lot of things going on at that time. And one of my uh, buddies would always bring in either one of those, one of the small two person games to play, or we would watch, he'd be watching Critical Role. And he introduced me to it. And I was like, I couldn't hear anything. That's the funny thing. I couldn't hear anything, but I knew he was watching this and he would explain to me what was going on. And I was like, okay, sure. And he let me listen to it at one point. And I was like, this is so damn cool. And I heard the stories about Dungeons and Dragons. We all have. Um, but when I started to really put two and two together as it's just acting, your role playing a, a character, that's literally all it is. Yes, it has demons in it. So what book doesn't, what fantasy story does not have some type of demonic entity involved in it? Well, they all do. It's so much. I just, Danielle's right now trying to corner the market on having the Christian establishment take her down. So it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I, I had a buddy of mine who also wrote a, a Christian book and his was called, uh, plugs, a story told. Oh, like bring it up. Yeah. Oh, Here, huh? yeah. And uh, it's by a gentleman by the name of Chris Laparco. And he actually, uh, if I remember correctly, this decision, um, he actually read it and he was like, oh, this is great. This is a great way of introducing these characters in a way that no one else has. So, you know, it's one of those things like not everybody, plus besides, I'm a believer too, and I still understand the difference between storytelling and reality. As well You're an as, elevated believer. And I'm an, exactly, I'm an elevated believer. Uh, let me hit, uh, I'm on two right now, so I'll probably get up to four here in a sec second here. Elevator's really, uh, really slow. Yeah. Anyways, mm -hmm. um, so is my brain. Um, but yeah, it's when I started to get into it and I told some friends of mine, I was watching, I was listening and some of the coworkers that I had uh, befriended said, hey, we would love to play this. Can you be the dungeon master? I was like, sure, I'll be happy to. And just, it started out as just like a one shot. And then all of a sudden they liked it so much that they're like, we need to continue this. I'm like, all right, cool. So I had to create an entire world, had to create all these non-playable characters, get them minis. Now I'm infectious with the minis. Um, and just went from there. And I, I love it. There's nothing about Dungeons and Dragons I do not like. That is really awesome. <laughs> I agree. You know, I thought I always thought that was from because I did a lot of acting when I was younger and musicals and stuff like that. And I found that part to be amazing is that you could play this character. And especially the games that are so much fun are where people are really playing their character. No matter how ridiculous that character happens to be, that makes it totally fun. And it's yes. a creative way to do things. Yes. Um, so what are the podcasts that you have? We know you have podcasts. Let's talk about your podcast for a moment. Okay. 
Uh, yes, I my podcast with my co-host and sister from another mister, Marcella, is called Beyond the Pen. And we bring unknown and newly uh, published authors onto our show to learn about themselves, their books, but most importantly, the story behind the story, the little area between the ink and the paper, the who, what, where, when, what inspired, what's your writing kryptonite, all these little things. And it's a weekly, uh, it's a weekly show. I just put one up today uh, for our, our most recent uh, authors. Uh, is a uh, siblings, uh, Travis Myers and Natasha Myers, and I'm going to kill her last name again, uh, Marcia Guerra. Um, and they wrote a book called uh, Sister Margaret. And it's a true crime. And it was so fun. What, what made you decide to do that podcast? Like what, what was the genesis? I'm going to need to go between the podcast and the person. So I need to know. Mm. What you, need to <laughs> you see how I did that? I like that. I like that. I Absolutely. saw that, Eric. Nice. That was good. Nice. That was good. Yeah. I like that. It was literally dropped in my lap by God. Literally God just said, here you go. Run with it. Um, I went to, I was in a group on Clubhouse uh, called the E-Mixer Clubhouse or Club. And one of the gentlemen that was part of it, his name is Dr. Leroy McKenzie Jr. He's actually my second guest on there. And he was telling me uh, that he was going to be going to a virtual meeting, a virtual book tour, excuse me. And because I was a voice actor and I knew some things about audiobooks at that, at that time, because I was trying to get a, uh, some, a uh, little class going online, but no one showed up and I have all this knowledge now. Um, and then he decided, hey, come on here. I bet you that you're gonna be able to at least talk to some authors and at least give them knowledge uh, or they may wanna work with you. I said, sure, why not? So I went on there. I must've said the right things because the gentleman that was in charge of the tour had a bunch of uh, different networks, a different podcast, video podcast on his, network black uh, black news U yeah black news usa um and so he decided hey if you had a show what would you call it and originally it was called i was going to say your legacy uh because in my mind everybody's got a story to tell because it's so unique everybody's got a different life a different way of looking at things and a lot of times the personal stories when shared actually can touch someone else's life and make sure and let them know that they're not the only people going through this and at least giving them op options of what they can and cannot do or what would work what would not and so we ran with that for like three days and then all of a sudden my wife was like why don't you do something that's more towards what you do so if you want to get in if you're wanting to get into audiobooks and talk to these authors and everything why don't you just create a podcast that's specifically for them? And after thinking about it, I was like, you know what? That would, that makes more sense. Why not? So I called him up again and I said, Hey, I know we said your legacy, but I want to call it something. I want to do something else. I want to bring authors on. He's like, okay, well, what do you want to call it? I was like, and just out of, out of my mouth, beyond the pen. And he said, that sounds good. Go for it. It's your show. You do what you want to do. And sure enough, I started this back in January, or excuse me, December of last year, December 11th, more specifically. And we've got 45 episodes up now. And we actually, and, and uh, Danielle's a part of this too. Um, our show, our podcast actually got picked up on Roku. So if you actually have a Roku or a, uh, app, a Amazon Fire, um, Google Pay, you can uh, look up the Traverse channel and we'll be right there. Uh, here in the next couple of months, it's going to be on Apple, I, or Apple TV and uh, iTunes. Very, very cool. That's awesome. And I love the, of course, you know, we're on Drinking With Authors. I love the idea of the podcast. I think anything where you can hear from the authors where they came from, where, where mm. they started, because it's interesting. And I'm, I'm so glad you do it that way because a lot of podcasts are 
um, YouTube channels and stuff, I see talk to authors, but I feel like somehow they got the same list of questions from somewhere <laughs> and they ask them the same fucking list of questions. And yeah, you can tell yeah. they're like, so the story was originally like, it's almost, <laughs> you can hear- Maccabee like, actually reads the book though. That's what I can yeah. say. That's what makes it different is when I was on the show, he actually reads the book and he hit me with some questions. I was like, wow, I haven't been asked that. Okay, cool. Like he knew the characters and I'm like, that's okay. No, I haven't been asked that one. So it was a different experience on his podcast than I had on most because usually it's like, where did the book come? Like you said, Erica, where did the book come from? Why did you write the book? And you're like, okay, here are my canned answers. Like I know them, whatever. But yeah, they asked me questions where I was like, oh, you read it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You actually you read the actually book. Read the book. book. Yeah, yeah, I was I, like, oh, you know that. Okay, that's, that's different. Yeah, so the way that we run it is, is that this is the great joy. This is why I love our show so much is that I actually read the books. I read the, at least the first three to five chapters with Danielle's have actually gone further than that. Um, but with many of our authors actually like that. But I mostly try to stick with at least prior to the interview, chapters three through five or all the way up to chapter five depending on how long they are because sometimes these chapters mm -hmm. can be pretty damn long but i try to make sure that i'm asking questions that one is not like anybody else or at least that's what i'm trying to do um the other aspect is is that i want to look behind behind the words I understand where the, the narr narrative is going. I understand where the author wants to take us, but I want to look at the architecture behind it. I want to look at little things like, okay, uh, for instance, on Danielle's, I, I think I remember asking something about the effect of uh, PTSD for uh, the battle angel. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, as a soldier, I understand what it's like to, you know, go through hell and high water, almost being blown up a few times. I've seen a few things and been through a few things. So I connected with him a little bit more from that. So I understand what it means to have some type of mental issue, mental health issue, PTSD. I don't have PTSD, but I also have psychogenic non-epileptic seizures. So that's a whole different ballgame right there. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it was like, I want to understand what he was going through. What was the ideas that you had when you were creating him and putting him in that situation? Because to me, I look as an actor, I love looking at the characters a lot more than everybody else, because I want people to understand from an actor's point of view, when we look at a character, we look at the psychology, we look at the personalities, the emotions every little thing about them their movements because every little detail their quirks every little detail matters and so when you're reading these books and you're trying to picture what they look like or what they're going through when you have an emotional attachment to them you actually understand what the author is presenting a lot more you can actually understand what that character is going through and you connect with them more on it you connect with them on an emotional level which makes it a lot better of a read okay i i think that is amazing thoroughly amazing and it caused me to have three questions and now i remember one of them thank you <laughs> thank You're you Carrie poppins for assisting me with that memory <laughs> lapse there i appreciate it I want to know from your perspective as an I'm bouncing all over the place and I hope you're, you're, you're me because this is this is how I do this. This is this is where I'm I scripted. Do. I'm scripted. Yeah. I'm scripted. Um one of the things that I kind of wonder as you know, you take on a project, you're taking mm -hmm. on a project based on maybe having read the book, but maybe not having read the book, right? You yeah. take on a project based on seeing it, meeting with the authors, whatever, and no calling out anybody in particular. Um, I'm kind of interested from your perspective when you get into it and, you know, we, we go, oh, they're narrators, they're reading the book, but you get into books and go, what the fuck just happened? Like yep. in the middle of the book, you're like, 
the character wouldn't have done that because as an avid reader and an avid lover of books which we can tell you are that's got to be fucking weird when you get into a book and you're like oh i thought i liked this book but i do not like this book but i have the job of narrating that so let's talk about a little bit of the flip <laughs> side and then i want to go to the love of book side but i'm just curious because you know that you read three chapters i think is fantastic especially mm-hmm. if you do a weekly podcast but yeah as somebody who d- time not always getting to read every single book but um it's interesting because i have authors obviously on this podcast that uh they're what they write is not necessarily like what i use for my casual reading it's not a job Mm -hmm. thing it's my casual like this is what i want to read you know when i'm doing things so before i keep talking let's talk a little bit about that process when you're narrating a book and you're like what what just what the the hell just happened happened? things like that like so that's another reason why i i love my show so much is because and the way that god has presented it to me is that i get the chance to really read the books and i get a chance to actually talk to the author first before i even think about asking them hey have you ever thought of doing an audiobook or me doing my research on them if they've already got an audiobook where they can find it how people can help them support them and stuff like that if they don't have an audiobook already, I've already got a copy, either digitally or physically. By the way, I'm still waiting for the other ones, Danielle. Um, yeah, I know. We're working on that, honey. <laughs> I'll get them to you. Don't uh, worry. You're good. You're good. And make yeah, sure you're signing too. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's like if I can read the first three to five chapters, and if I feel like it really does work, because I'm telling you right now, I get tons of people asking to be on my show and that's why i ask for digital copies first because mm-hmm. if i don't like it it's not going to cost them anything really and i can say yes you fit my my show or we don't want anything to do with this because of the fact that i want to make sure that one i'm comfortable with it and two that my co-host is going to be comfortable with it and then three our listeners, because if either one of us who both are voice actors, if we don't like it, or we don't have a good feeling about the author, because trust me, I will, if I, they could have the greatest book, but if that author is, is a, so many different words I could possibly say right now. No, we're on a mature podcast, you literally <laughs> say all the fucking words you want to. Like that's... Uh, I, I try not to curse as much as possible, but if, if they're they not were... a good fit for you. Right, exactly. But I'll say ass hat. Does that help? That there works. That works. See, yep, okay, that works. Anyway. Yeah, that was one of the one of the things I was gonna say. Um if they're being an ass hat, um then I don't care how good they are. I don't care how many followers they have, I don't care how many books they've sold, I don't care what their budget is. If I don't feel like I got a fit for you, and especially if Marcella doesn't fit, because even though I read the books, she reads the authors and she will tell me, I don't like them. I really don't. And I've, I've went against what she said at least once or twice and I've regretted both times. And, no, and I think it's, I love that you brought that up. I'm going to go back to another question, but I love that you brought that up because this is something authors should know, regardless of your success mm-hmm. level, be a nice human being. Be a nice human being to your audience, to your readers, you're mm-hmm. a celebrity, you need to do that. Because podcasts and stuff like that that come on and we invite you into our realm to help you promote yourself and your books and things like that. That's what we're doing. Because as podcasters, it's not like we're getting paid a ton of dollar dollar bills, y'all, to do this. It's not like, nope. you know, if you do, you know, I, I get paid quite a bit in liquor, which is nice, <laughs> you know, for my podcast. At least you're getting something out of it. Yeah, it's got the spirits. Um, like we're still looking for an underwear sponsor. Yeah, we're looking for an underwear sponsor. Well, for literary briefs, we need to have underwear on because we don't. Oh man, I hope you guys are wearing it at least. But we are. We're not free balling. We're good. (laughs) When authors come on and they are egotistical, pompous, rude, unpleasant—I can go through a lot of adjectives. I just go. We're a community that needs to support each other more than anything. And we need to support just being a nice person. I feel this is true with all celebrities. So when they Mm -hmm. come anywhere close to us and they do that, I'm like, huh, 
that's huh that's okay nice. you know i i love that you but what about being in the middle of books have you ever been in the middle of a book and gone wow didn't see that coming yeah when you're narrating like have you ever been in the middle of a project and you're like this is what the heck do i have to say right now i haven't been in that position yet because i tried my my Oh, so I, I try to be as uh, prepared as possible before I even start a project. So you even know what if, you're getting into. Exactly. Because okay. if there's something in there that I don't feel comfortable with, for instance, I'll tell you that um, there was a audiobook that was, uh, or excuse me, a book that was being presented into a audio drama. And these gentlemen wanted me to do at least three different characters and they were going to pay me for it. And I was like, great, awesome. I will just send it to me. I'll be happy to look at it and be great with it. And when I started to read it, I was like, oh, hell no. Uh-uh. I am saying, no, uh-uh. Not even touching this. First off, I'm not going to go the mature level of what you want. Got it. Two, I'm definitely not going to talk about masturbation and being in that activity while I'm oh. recording. Yeah, that was like that was a definitely a no go. You thought your sex scenes were doing? Woo, this had nothing on that one. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever stuff. asked anybody to masturbate while reading our audiobook. Well, so the, the character, no. was, the character was masturbating. Was mm -hmm. let's see. But yeah, the but thought of like I have to at least sound like that. Nah, no thank you um and there was a quite a few of other things that i i was saying absolutely no to and it did one they didn't say it was going to be a mature one anyways but even still even if it was mature i'd at least look at it to see what their definition of mature is this was like close to like triple x almost at some points and i told them like I just was no. blunt with them like i'm not doing this project i don't care how much you're going to pay me i'm not doing it because i'm not putting my name to that project and i think a Fair lot enough. of actors need to do that a lot of voice actors a lot of authors a lot of anybody that's ever working on a project if you don't feel comfortable with it even if you've got that little that one little bitty red flag in your head that should be enough to tell you no I think that's true in life, though. I think people yeah. ignore the red flags. Like hindsight, yes. in our twenty twenty view, I can I can tell you how many people have we talked to that are like, well, and they tell you this thing, and you're like, how the fuck did you get in that situation? You had all of these things that were like, don't do this, and you yeah. were like, you know what? I'm going to ignore every single one of those things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to burn the house down. You know what I mean? And you're like. Um, I think sometimes we make excuses in some situations yeah. where we don't want to see the red flags, but then there are the glaring ones and it's like, um, hello, that's, you know, that's yeah. the shark in the middle of the ocean circling yeah. and, you. And there's a lot of situations where you just feel like you don't have a choice in the matter or you, you're like you said with the excuses, like the situation itself, I'll, I'll give you a, a major example of this. I was working, this is May 7th, I got laid off from a pharmaceutical company that I was working at and because of COVID, uh, mainly because of the fact I couldn't cover my, my nose um, because of the fact I had a deviated septum, it was hard for me to breathe, a lot of different things. Um, and I, I was the only one bringing money in. Yes, I have a pension because I was medically retired, but it was still not gonna be enough. So I took a chance on some people that I shouldn't have and even though I was getting paid for it it turned out to be a scam and it turned out to be illegal and when I went to the uh, police officers about this which by the way thank god that I was not even charged with anything it just mm -hmm. shut down a couple of my, my bank accounts but because of the situation I was in needing to have money come in to pay for uh, everything in general while my wife was still going to school I didn't have a I didn't have a choice mm -hmm. I knew there were some red flags I just ignored them because I needed the money 
Yeah, you make the excuse. I yeah, exactly. you do. You, you know, you kind of justify in your head. Yeah, survival exactly. is true. I think for yeah. narrators and stuff too, there's other like if it comes to erotic stuff, and that happens to be like there's there's erotic stuff. We we have narrators who do erotic yeah, stuff. Absolutely, they do it under a different name. Like yeah. you if know, you feel comfortable doing it, go for it. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not judging anybody by but, any means necessary. Yeah, it's if, just if you feel comfortable, like you can do it. Yeah, when, find your safe word. If that's your safe word, change your name. Pineapple. Find your safe word. Bananas. Like it's your safe word. Like yep. just, banana hammock. <laughs> banana hammock. That should be your safe word. But I mean, uh, yes. that's a company, by the way, that you're trying to go after with the underwear and everything. Yeah. Banana hammock. Yeah. Bananahammock.com um, or .net, whatever. I'm, I'm sure that I don't know. That's we made comfortable underwear just for you. Oh yeah, hey, that would be a great underwear company, bananahammock.com. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that's a side. I made that up, but I'm probably sure they're probably out there. Already. I think about the Todd from Scrubs and his banana hammock. You see, I'm going down a totally different wow. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. No, we that tangent. You want a tangent? We can do tangents. Okay. Oh, trust me, yeah, I can do I can do tangents. ADHD. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we are Absolutely. we are actually painfully getting to the end because you're amazing to talk to. Um, of this podcast, what advice would you give authors when dealing with narrators? Do you like to spin on that question? Uh-huh. Oh, so it's great. So it's great. I, love that. Um, I would say, first off, understand what you're getting into, first off. Secondly, when authors are searching for voice actors, make sure you understand what their rate is and how they're getting how they're doing it comparative to what is actually out there for instance a lot of people will say that they will not they'll they'll do an audiobook for like three four grand now i'm sorry unless that thing is like eight nine hours long you shouldn't even be getting close to that um because the national rate per finished hour should is 250 dollars I do 300 because I also understand what I'm doing and I'm also bringing in certain things that's probably going to help you a lot more like the information of how do you know three different platforms that you can load it up and still have 45 different uh, locations that it's going to be spread out to Um, plus a wide variety of other things. The second thing is, is that know the industry understand both not only the voiceover industry but also the publishing industry because even though they both do and have you know they blend in within that uh that little what is it the the venn diagram then if you understand a little bit more of both like again if you're an actor understand the publishing world because it's going to make you a better suited to understand who to go after do your homework on the publishers that you're introducing yourself to or those that are asking you to do their audiobooks do your homework figure it out whether or not you feel comfortable with it or not same thing with publishers and authors do your research on the actual uh actor what have they done already don't just look at their samples on their website or wherever they've got them at Understand what type type of um, equipment they have. Understand where they're recording. Like for me, I record in my walk-in closet. Newsflash, 90% of the voice actors do it because we have our own home studios. Just because of the, pod, of the, of the pandemic, one thing. But it also, because there is uh, closing here, it dampens the sound. So you don't get that echoness. I have a shield on mine. So it makes it a lot easier for me to worry about background noises. So you don't have to hear them. You don't have to listen to that. Plus, I understand also how long it's going to take me to actually do the audiobooks. So understand a few of these things first before you even think about that. Figure out where you want to upload it. Because you got to figure out specifically, like for instance, ACX and Amazon, they take 80% of the profits. 
So if you're putting your, your audio book up for $20, you're only going to get $2 of that specifically if you are going to be doing royalty sharing with that author. So $20, that gives you $4 profit, by the way, they're going to get two, you're going to get two. And then of course, unless you make like $50 a month, by the end of the month, they're not going to send you anything until it gets to that point. So understanding and doing your research on where you're uploading it and how they're going to pay you, where it's going to be loaded up so you can help with this stuff, that is going to help you understand what to look for, what not to look for. I love it. Okay. And shameless self-promotion time. Where do people find you? Oh, absolutely. In your podcast, please, please, please. Okay. So first thing is you can go to my website, macgriffinvo.com, M-A-C-K-G-R-I-F-F-I-N, V as in Victor, O as in Oscar.com. And you can learn about not only my voiceover, but also the podcast, as well as the writing, the coach, uh, writing coaching. I can't say this. Yeah. I'm, I'm basically doing writing, uh, coaching writers to develop their characters a lot more. And I'm looking at it from an actor's point of view, not a literary point of view, two different ways of looking at it, two different ways of writing. Good point. Um, so I'm always looking for authors to work with. Uh, and secondly, you can always go to beyondthepenpodcast.com and you can see everything about the show there, all the episodes that are on there, as well as all the links and locations that you can hear us as well. And the same thing with my, my website, all my social media links are there as well. Very, very cool. So from the inaugural voice actor on Drinking With Authors, you have been amazing. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, my God. I feel so clumped right now. Anyways. Well, I, I hope people actually not only listen, but do the YouTube because I think they would thoroughly enjoy it. This has been Drinking With Authors. I have been your host, Erica Lance. Don't forget, you're listening to us. Like, subscribe, and review us. You've now listened to a whole episode. It's time to review it. We hope you're drunk while doing it. But if not, you can do sober reviews. We love reviews. So please definitely give that to us. My amazing and talented co-host has been Danielle Orsino. Our guest has been Maccabee Griffith. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.